What's the story on the KCLR Daily? The time of the day when we invite somebody in and simply ask them, what's the story? Our guest on What's the Story this morning, KCLR's very own Martin Quilty. Thank you for coming in and joining me. Morning, Brian. Can, I, I, can I enter the contest? Can it, I get the money? No, 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 absolutely not. Not a chance in hell being a staff member here at KCLR. No chance. Um, listen, tell me, I introduced you as KCLR's very own Martin Quilty. I'll have to address you differently going forward by the sounds of things. I stopped the, the amount of people coming and bowing and standing up and the whole lot this morning when I entered was unbelievable. Um, but t- 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 only They're already cr- texting me saying, when are you getting your crown? <laughs> no crown's coming. That's definite there's no crown coming. I suppose, first of all, um, you're my first interviewer. This is my first official act as Leinster chairman, which is great. But I suppose it starts on a sad note because obviously I was got the handover of the seal of office last night from a Carlo woman in Linda Kenny and I suppose our thoughts are with everybody in Carlo this morning after mm-hmm. that very sad news uh, of the three people dying overnight so our thoughts with everyone in Leinster Camogie is with everybody in Carlo and that terrible tragedy as well this morning puts everything into perspective Brian well, you've got um, not not a crown or any cloak or anything like that yet, but you have got your um, official seal um, as the president of Leinster Camogie. Um, a proud moment? It is. Uh, I don't like correcting it, but we, we only use chairman for Leinster oh, Camogie. Oh, that's right. We, I keep yeah, we, 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 have, because... we have our own president of it. He's an honorary president. Um, yeah, but we don't use the, the term president. So chairperson of Leinster Camogie, yes, uh, took over last night from, as I said, the wonderful Linda Kenny. She's done three fantastic years. So I suppose proud moment for me, proud moment for everyone at home. But it's also, I suppose, a proud moment for Kilkenny because it's nice to have Kilkenny represented at the top. I suppose we're a little bit different then as well in Camogie because the four provincial chairs are also vice presidents of the Camogie Association of Ireland, mm. um, which is a big task as well and huge honour for us all. But yeah, last night was uh, special. Two well, weeks late, but it happened. Well, take us back to the start of this meteoric rise um, up the ranks of the Camogie administrations here within Ireland. Uh, when did you fall in love with the game? Well, I started in the GAA, surprisingly enough, when I was 17. Um, and I, I was refereeing for the late Finbar Shanley, got be good to him in Waterford. When I was 11 and 12, I was doing matches uh, inside in Waterford for him. So he was stepping down um, as secretary of the City League, as it was at the time, and asked me to know would I take it over. So I did. So that was running the 11, 12, 13-year-olds inside in Waterford. So that was my first admin role I suppose you could say but then the sister started playing camogie and of course you'd be going to the matches and being a referee you'd be asked to do a couple of challenge matches for them um, and it just all took off from there so I suppose we've always had a love for GAA at home we're a big GAA family the brother was a national referee for a long time still referees in the county as well but I suppose the love for camogie then started when uh, Michelle started playing camogie all them years ago as well and is there a, a natural path of progression from the world of camogie administration possibly back into general GA administration and maybe a big office up in Crow Park someday well I've been told last night there's a little bit of pressure on me now because the last two Leinster chairpersons that has been before me and that was uh, the great Mary Fenley and Catherine Nary has went on to be president of the Camogie Association so yeah there's no pressure seemingly on me <laughs> now to, to try and go for office but look Brian that's that's a long way down the road yet um, there's no aspirations there maybe someday but yeah I suppose there, there's always progression but these things you're kind of the same as I was in this you're kind of swayed and pushed in the direction to know would you do it um, 
but I love the sport. Okay. Love. So we, we've had the niceties around the journey and the uh, bestowing of the seal, etc. Um, let's get into it then now. So what would you see as being your main aim, your main achievement? How long is the term? Three years. Okay, so you've got three years. What are yeah. you going to do? Um, well, like Linda, so she started a coach academy for coaches to upskill them so that our players can get the best coach possible and bring them along. Uh, you know me a while I'm always an advocate for female sports for more promotion um, and the whole lot for them and I suppose that's why I got into the commentary for the camogie side of things as well with ourselves here on KCLR my biggest thing would be to get more female officials refereeing our matches we have very few past players that actually take up the whistle Um, there's a lot of challenges around it there's a fair bit of abuse that comes with it but I mean it is a female sport and we need females to be able to referee our games as well we currently have one female referee in the province of Leinster that is actually on the national panel and that's Liz Dempsey yeah. um, so we need to get a lot more so my aim for the next 12 to 18 months will be to set up uh, an academy for the female referees in Leinster and try and bring 10 or 12 of them together that someday that we would be able to have an all-female officials uh, on All-Ireland Final Day in Crow Park Okay so uh, on that note we've we've talked about officiating at GA matches quite a lot recently here both within the scoreline team and indeed here it's made it onto the the main general news if you like within the KCLR Daily and the, and the news reports what sorts of processes do the GAA insist that referees and officials including umpires and linesmen uh, go through in order to be qualified to take on such a role well I was actually listening to you the other day so I have been a former inter-county umpire because I have been going with the brother there is a rigorous process that is there for national referees so the national referees you've probably seen it in the spotlight the football the hurling referees they have uh, a bleep test to do before the National League I think it's 16-8 is the league and 17-4 for the championship now that's what it used to be and they're very strict with that so if you don't pass that you yeah. don't get to referee the matches fit, but that's from a fitness perspective it what is from about, a fitness but you, you, know, you we, then have to we saw to, the, the goal that wasn't a goal yes recently at the, the, uh, the All-Ireland Club Championship final um, and the umpires were wrong the umpires were in the complete wrong position to adjudicate on that so should they, should they be nearer to the end line as opposed to just standing behind the goal in general to be able able to see if a ball has crossed the line. Yeah, one of them should have been. Uh, one of them should have been standing on it and one of them behind the post, especially from the position that it was coming in. So the lad on the white flag, I think it was if I'm right, should have actually been watching the goal line and the fellow with the green flag had the more yeah, yeah, view yeah. of the ball going, whether it's going to go across the bar or not. Now all that, there's a, an assessor in the stand um, will be looking at that and he will mark the referee down on it and it will be put into his notes and that. And that will then come up as their... Uh, monthly meetings and the video will be there. The referee will be shown us. Why don't like, because I mean that's the that's the most sensible and honest and open explanation that I've had from anybody. I mean we we had a statement back from the GA and it was a bit vague to be quite honest with you. You know it was very sort of commercial speak of yes there's a there's a process that they go through and every match is checked and blah blah blah. Simple talk sometimes keeps things easy yeah but the, the referees are assessed constantly like between their fitness their rules test I mean you have to get 98% on your rules test before you can go and referee matches mm. uh, and that's twice a year as well for that um, there's constantly seminars coming up so we say for argument's sake you referee a Kilkenny match at the weekend and there's five or six clips taken of maybe something that you done brilliantly or you got a correct decision or there was five or six clips that said okay well you missed this foul this should have been a red card instead of a yellow card yeah. etc so the referees have accountability like there is so much stuff that's there 
one to help them to be a better referee but two to try and get the big decisions right at the matches and you'd like to see more women certainly in the game of Camogie would love to see more Brian how far away are we from as we've seen for example in other sports where we will have females officiating on male matches or is that just a pipe dream at the moment well it's not because actually Maggie Farrelly is a a GA referee um, in football and ladies football and she has done men's matches including uh, minor matches above in Ulster and all Ireland series as well so it's probably a while away for a female to do say a Harlan match yep. compared to the football um, I think we're nearly getting to the stage where you're going to need two referees to do a Harlan match anyway because the speed that the balls are going you know to try and get one fell in particular like everybody says oh it's great the backs maybe can have a breeder the poor referee is up and down that field yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. whole time so I, I think we're a while away before we might get a female official maybe refereeing a Harlan game but definitely we need more female referees in Camogie and, and that's my plan Funding for players, so we're not talking about you know wage structures or anything like that in any of the GAA sports, but just the general funding to be able to make sure the most basic of things that are required to be at the top level um, are there, changing facilities, training facilities. Um, what's the plans in relation to that? I'm not privy to the whole lot of the information yet, so I don't want to give false information out, but I do believe that there has been a, an agreement put in place with a player charter um, for the players, a bit something similar to what the GAA is there. And I do know that the Camogie Association has put in uh, money into it that will be able to pay some expenses for players. Um, I mean, let's be honest, Brian, the Camogie Association, what they do on a shoestring budget compared to the GAA, like the GAA, you're looking at millions in revenue and sponsorship and the whole lot coming in so they can afford to do it. The Camogie can't. It always seems crazy to me that, you know, the the sports that are on the periphery of the GAA, Camogie, handball, they all sort of are connected. They might not fall under the direct jurisdiction of the GAA as an organisation, but the difference in funding is absolutely massive. And it led to protests, obviously, from female players last year coming out wearing their county jerseys. Do you expect to see more of that into the future? Yeah, but it's not only Camogie and GAA is there. You take the funding streams for uh, soccer. Rugby, uh, the Rugby Sevens, the players that, you know, the some of them we'd seen that they had to get changed in waste bins and rats running around the place like a rugby only a couple of years ago. So the funding difference in all female aspects um, compared to their male counterparts, there's a huge gap between them. And we're slowly getting to decrease it a little bit, but we're still a long way off. Now, the charter, as I said, I'm not privy to everything. It will certainly help the players going forward because obviously it can't be out of pocket and that. But I mean, we still need more revenue streams and we need more investment from government for female sports as well. And it's something that in my term, hopefully we'll be able to look into it when I do get onto our core with the national body and uh, see what we can do for our players because they're as good as our male counterparts. They give us great entertainment as we see with Dixborough yeah. in the All-Ireland <laughs> yeah, final. Yeah. Like, I mean, that was probably one of the greatest club finals ever played in Crow Park. And yeah, they're just brilliant. And I'm always going to be an advocate for the female sport. Well, Martin Quilty, our guest on uh, the in the, what's the story section of the KCLR Daily this morning, uh, newly appointed chairperson of the Leinster Camogie Council. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm sure it won't be the last time we talk. Thank you, Brian, and it's great that you are my first interviewer and first oh, official duty. What's the story? What's the story on the KCLR Daily?